Welcome to the Pop Test Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. My guest today is Jacob Armstrong from the band Ultra Q. He's the son of Green Day frontman Billy Joe Armstrong, but he's formed his own musical identity with a sound influenced by 80s hardcore and bands like The Cure and The Strokes. The new Ultra Q EP is called In a Cave in a Video Game. Hey. Hey. You, uh, you doing, yeah, how's, how's life? You uh, just hanging out in the bedroom? Oh, yeah. That's me all day, yeah. Were you actually, are you actually kind of a, a hermit anyway? Do you actually kind of be like being alone? Yeah. I mean, I was actually, um, talking on a phone with a friend today and we were talking about all this and he was like, you're, you're already sort of a recluse anyway. I was like, I guess, I mean, I guess so. But, um, yeah, I think I definitely was more of a homebody for sure. But, uh, it's still definitely weird though. You know, it's still, it's still super bizarre. Yeah. Are you in, are you, do you still live in the Bay area? Are you in, mm-hmm. is that where you're yeah. at right now? Yeah. You're, you're like a Northern California kid through and through, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I've been born in Berkeley and then when I was little moved to Oakland and then yeah, Bay area the entire time. So yeah. Let's talk about the new EP. It sounds it sounds really great. Thank you. And it sounds different than the last one. First of all, you've got a cool name for it. Um, it's in a video in a in a cave in a video game. In a cave in a video game. In a cave in a video game, which is a really dope piece of imagery. Um, <laughs> Hope so, so yeah. where where did that name came, come from? It was actually so one of the instrumental songs on it called Plunk was made by the guitar player in our band Enzo. And that song was initially called In a Cave in a Video Game because it was like very much like game soundtrack, you know, Undertale kind of vibe to it. And then we just thought that it kind of fit as the title of like the project as a whole. So we were just like, yeah, let's just use it as the name of the whole thing. So, yeah. You changed your name. You you guys were Mount Eddie. And mm-hmm. when you changed the name to Ultra Q, the sound changed as well. Can you talk about changing both the name and the sound and what you wanted to achieve with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, after, you know, Mount Eddie, like for, for me personally, like Mount Eddie is very much so like the band we were in when we were in high school. You know, I, I associate high school with that band for, for myself. So after we, I graduated, it was like we knew we, knew we weren't going to be playing for a while because I was going to go to school for a bit. I'm not in school anymore. Um, so once we decided to kind of start playing music again, I just I think that there was a big change in kind of like what we were interested in and what the bands that we were all listening to were. So um, I think just naturally the sound changed because we were just listening to different stuff, you know? Like we were into kind of darker, more, you know, post-punk kind of sounding stuff. So I think it was just naturally fo- the music that we were making just followed that. How did how did the 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 you know you did the EP well, I guess a couple of years ago the we're starting to get along. Mm-hmm. How did you approach this new one differently than the first Ultra Q EP? I mean, I straight up like we honestly didn't even plan on making this one. It was I mean I made it like in about two weeks in March, so it was sort of right after the lockdown or the stay at home thing was happening, and um, I think it was just sort of a response to like wanting to see live music again and like wanting to be at, you know, we, we all love like super loud, fast, you know, live energetic music. So 
I think we were missing that a little bit. So I think it was sort of a response of like, oh, you know, we want to make something that's really fast, really energetic, and just kind of like, you know, rushes through from start to finish. So um, I think that that was probably the main difference. And then whereas with the first EP, it was made over the course of, you know, months of like messing with demos and kind of experimenting. So I think they were both... um, they were both unique in the sense that we recorded them both ourselves and that at the same time they were like kind of responses to what we were interested in. So like the first one being more kind of experimental and wanting to try and make some weird stuff with where the second one was like, you know, we were listening to bad brains a lot, listening to the first horrors album and we just wanted to make something really fast and really punk. So yeah, it sounds really, it sounds really immediate. So, and you've also got some really kind of weird, instrumental interludes going on some yeah. weird drum machines so tell me about including that along with the more punk sounding tracks yeah i mean the i mean the whole thing i think there's this game that came out a few months ago called world of horror and it's this really kind of dark horror pixelated game and i think at least like visually and i think also for, for the sound it was inspired by that the kind of like dark and like almost horror-esque sound and 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 like uh lyrically too it was also kind of like in that kind of realm of what we were trying to make so um yeah i think you know the two instrumentals on there one of them's called dark wave another one's called plunk those are actually made before the ep was put together but um the rest of them were made in the over the course of like two weeks or so yeah i think it was it just kind of felt right to meld them because like we couldn't record live drums because we couldn't meet up together, you know? So we decided to use electronic drums because it was just the only way that we could do it. So I think it all kind of worked out really well in in becoming this, I I, like words I think of in my head are like pixelated and like kind of grotesque in a way, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely, but it sounds, it sounds fresh. It sounds fresh. I think, this is kind of like '90s chiptune influenced a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I remember, me. I remember Beck did this eight-bit EP, and it had the song "Girl" on it, and I used to listen to that all the time in like middle school and high school. And I so like I think yeah I know exactly I, think, I know what you're talking about for sure yeah. Obviously, you know, you come from this musical background. Your dad's Billy Joe Armstrong. Your dad, your your brother is Joey Armstrong from Swimmers, and you, you've talked about in other interviews being kind of feeling like you were Joey's little brother. Do you feel like you've kind of made your own musical identity now with, with, especially with this, with this new project? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll always feel like Joey's little brother, you know, well, <laughs> literally always you'll always be. be Joey's little brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that'll always be there. But, um, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely, I think recently I've had the realization of just like, you know, I'm always going to be associated with that, you know, for the rest of my life, no matter what. And I think I'm totally, I know I'm, and I'm totally like, okay with that, you know? Um, because I think that I do feel, I do feel like, like I've sort of begun to, like, I feel like I have my own interests and I have my own identity in terms of what I like to make and the art I like to, I'm interested in and want, and want to, and want to produce. So yeah, you know, I think it's inevitable that I'm going to be associated with, with my family and that, you know, 
I, you know, people have said that I sound like my dad. You, know? you do sound like your dad, but not as much as Julian Lennon sounded like John Lennon. That was like the craziest father son yeah. comparison. You know, it's kind of yeah, weird. Just, just the works of, of genetics, you know, just, yeah. you know, just, I, I, you know, there's not much you can do about it, but you know, it's, it's just, it's, I'm pretty okay with it. You know? Yeah. There are worse families to be associated with, you know? <laughs> yeah. But there's also kind of a, a strange medium you have to strike where you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm Billy Joe's son, whatever, who cares? I don't want to talk about it. But, and you also don't want to be like, I'm Billy Joe's son. Let's exploit it. Let's make a lot of money. Let's be popular because this is who I am. You know, it's kind of a strange line to yeah. walk. One of the things that, you know, was really important to me was like, yeah, like what you said, where kind of definitely doing this on my own is a very important aspect. I mean, I mean, I've been playing in this band and we've been playing shows in the Bay Area since I was 16 years old. And like, you know, I definitely feel as though like we've been doing this for enough time to where it's just like, oh, it's just kind of what I do, you know? You know, yeah, like it definitely it was very important to me that it was like a thing that was very much like my own creation and I was doing it out of my own interest. And, you know, if anything, I remember in high school, like my parents wanted me to play like sports and like football in baseball. So, you know, it, it was one of those things where I almost wish so badly that I loved anything else, but I just don't. So it's just the result of, it's the only thing that I can do. It's the only thing that I really love to do. You know, I, I went to school for a year to try and be a painter because I, I like to, I like to paint and I wanted to try that, but I honestly, I, I liked music more. It just ended up was, it's just what ended up happening so um well now at least you, yeah. can, you can make your own album covers now yeah yeah i mean that, that's a, the the first two i mean the first ep album cover is actually a picture of my mom and then the second and the second one is is one that i made um with this projector and doing all these fun um weird video art stuff that we did yeah um yeah when you grew up like did did they shove a guitar in your hands when you were four years old or did you come to music by yourself oh no i mean I definitely, you know, was, I think I was always interested in it because, you know, I grew up on a tour bus and I think that that was kind of like the world I just knew, but it definitely wasn't kind of like what I said, if anything, they wanted me to play sports more than, you know, more than music. There was definitely no pressure at any point for me to do anything musical. So it was definitely, it was very, yeah, it was definitely very natural. Like no one really even knew that I made songs. Till I was till I was sixteen or like seventeen years old, so it was like kind of something I just did for fun because I enjoyed it, and well, then it became something that I just like I have to do it because I can't not, you know. Well, I, th I think people from your from your dad's generation are completely aware of not becoming this overbearing presence in your kid's life and letting them discover things on their own. I think that was part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. What you know, you did you did a huge tour with Bad Sons last year, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, that was in like the fall. Yeah, last year. So, what was that experience like to go to all those cities and 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 be in all uh, playing all those big venues? It was so. It, it was honestly really fun. I mean, definitely like not the crowd that you think that we would do well with, you know, because Bad Sons is more in like the pop rock you know realm, whereas I think we're a bit darker and a little weirder. So, but it actually like, we got a lot of fans from it and we met a lot of cool people. Like the, the other band that was opening up was this band called uh, Lily from LA and we became such good friends and we like talk with them all the time. It was on. Yeah. It was honestly just like 
sort of a dream tour. It was so fun. And so it was, you know, an experience I think that we'll like always remember because it was one of the, the second tour we ever did with Ultra Q. So yeah, it, it was, it was a blast for sure. Ultra Q, you're, you're the, you're the, you're the lead singer or whatever, but how much of Ultra Q is, how much of it is a collaborative process with the whole band versus you writing the songs and having the guys record on them? I think it kind of depends. Like for this EP, I recorded everything and wrote everything except for the one song Plunk that's Enzo made as an instrumental. Throughout the whole process of making it though, like I was on like FaceTime with everyone all the time, like talking about it. So I think it depends sort of on the song. Like sometimes, you know, we're a band that we, like we just love to practice. So we practice all the time. Like that was, you know, when we could, we would practice every day. So I think half the time songs will come from that. I'm just kind of like playing it together. And then the other half is like me definitely like on my own. And then like, I'll take a song home and I'll just work on it and then I'll bring it back and then we'll work on it together. So I, I think it's definitely circumstantial and th- the context is important to it, but I think it's about, it's either, yeah, it's one of two options. We jam on it together and work on it, or it's entirely my thing that I brought to the, the group. What did you, so. what did you grow up listening to? I mean, I hear obviously the, the punk stuff, the, the eighties hardcore influences, mm-hmm. but I also yeah. hear some, some really kind of, New York-y stroke sounding percussion and some really like staccato-y guitars. So what did you grow up listening to? So I'd say my favorite band of all time is The Cure, I'd say. Yeah, you know, I could go on about those albums for so long. But uh, yeah, so The Cure is definitely my top for for me. Then, um, then, yeah, like, like you said, The Strokes, you know, those first two albums are will always be my favorite in my top 10 forever. And then I also, I love their new album too. I think it's really good. Um, then I was also, I'm super into uh, My Bloody Valentine and uh, Paul Banks from Interpol. Um, I, I love that band too. Um, but then like, like you said too, I was also, we, we were listening to a lot of Minor Threat, like that dual seven inch that's out that they can listen to. And then um, that first Bad Brains album is amazing. We listen to that all the time and and oh and, and wire like I, i'm a huge i, I love i love a uh, pink flag but uh I, I think that album's so good um yeah i don't know yeah definitely like you said you know a lot of like post-punk like a lot of you know oh uh joy division and new order are also another batch of favorites for me i don't know i, I think it's you know i think if there's a through line for all of it I think it's like guitar driven music is like my favorite is definitely what what I'm drawn to from all of those. Um, I think that's like the through line for all of it is that, you know, while it's, I think those bands use the guitar in different ways, but I think that's the, the thesis for all of them is that it's guitar driven music. Um, but you, st- yeah. you stayed away from that kind of warp tour, newfound glory, no effects kind of sound. I never really got into it. I don't know. I mean, I've never really listened to it. I've never, I don't know. I never really jumped into it before. So I don't really know if I would like it, but I don't know. I'm one of those guys that like, I listen to the same albums over and over again, you know, and then every few months I'll find a new one and then that one gets added to my rotation, you know? So I wouldn't say I'm like a huge collector or anything, you know, like I wouldn't say that I have like a ton of. Are you a vinyl guy? Do you have, do you have vinyl? Um, I do have a little, you know, I, I remember 
my dad gave me the first uh, Generation X album on vinyl, and I was listening to that a lot because right. that album. I love Billy Idol, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, he's fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't have a lot, but I but of the few that I have, I think I like to listen to the same albums like over and over again. I get like kind of obsessed over albums. So moving forward, you you have two EPs as Ultra Q. You have the one you spend a lot of time on and has more of a, a pop song structure. And then um, In a Cave in a Video Game is obviously something you made quickly and and came out and very organically. So what will the next Ultra Q project sound like? What are you guys working on now? Um, yeah, we're working on, I mean, we had a whole plan for releasing things this fall that is probably not, I mean, yeah, likely not going to happen or going to happen in a different way now. Um, but yeah, like we're definitely, I'm still working on a lot of stuff right now. And um, I mean, if I had to describe it, I mean, it definitely sounds like Ultra Q and it definitely sounds like, let's just say I've been listening to Interpol a lot. I've been listening to, uh, yeah, like that first Interpol album was amazing. And, and, and the last one they did with uh, The Rover and If You Only Love Nothing, um, or if you really love nothing, that song is a great song. Um, yeah, but I think we're hoping to, we were hoping to put something out in the fall and I think that we'll still be able to, but I think it'll just be in a different way. Like we, we kind of have to reevaluate what our plan was originally um, because everything has changed, you know? So, yeah. Before I let you go, before we end this conversation, I have a thing that I have, I have a thing called the music nerd questionnaire. And so it's just a okay. few questions about your preferences in music. I mean, this has gotten pretty nerdy already, but just wait. Okay, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm ready. Um, yeah, let's do it. So tell me about your favorite guitar, what brand it is, where it came from, and why it's your favorite. Well, I have to pick one. Like, I mean, I, 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 there's like two guitars that I okay, use. Okay, yeah, two, yeah. Tell me about your two. two is yeah. two all right? Okay, yeah, I, I use a, a Fender Stratocaster. It was my first guitar. It's a red Fender Strat. I think I got it when I was about seven or eight years old. Is it vintage or and new? It's, it, it was new at the time. Um, so I guess now it would be like a bit over 10 years old, about, yeah, around there. And yeah, I mean, it's the guitar I use for most things. Like I used it on every, every uh, sound on the EP that just came out was with that guitar. Um, and then I also use a Fender Jazzmaster because I'm a big Kevin Shields fan from My Bloody Valentine, and I want to be able to do what he does with guitar, <laughs> but it's too hard, so I have to practice. Can but, we, can we uh, expect some some really dense shoegazy sounds on the next Ultra Q? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, if I can figure it out, it's one of those things where it's like it takes. There's a reason why there's only one, or there's only one My Bloody Valentine album you can listen to on streaming services. I mean, I know this is the second one that came out in 2013, but uh, yeah, I mean, I really hope, or I'm, I'm trying to get good at shoegaze stuff, but it's really hard. So yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so next question. Who is your favorite vocalist and why? Robert Smith. My favorite vocalist because he can go from singing songs like Catch, and just like heaven, which are total pop songs and amazing songs, to singing songs like "Hundred Years" and uh, you know 
Charlotte sometimes, which are like the most goth and dark shit ever. So I just think that his range, both in songwriting and vocals, is just, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, that's why they're my favorite band. Okay, next question. You're putting on a music festival, assuming they happen at some point. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> who do you call to headline? Oof. I mean, a band that I've always wanted to see Man, I think I'd have to go with Radiohead. Yeah. I'd want to see Radiohead live. I've never seen them before. And Enzo and I are pretty big fans of Radiohead. So I think that they would be my dream headliner to see one day, you know? Yeah. yeah. Did you grow up, Did were you around bands growing up because of, because of your dad? I mean, sometimes I think it depends, honestly, I mean, I was playing guitar with, with swimmers for like the past year and a half, two years. And I, I think then I honestly had more moments where I was like starstruck by people. Like I remember being at catering at, at a festival we were playing and I met Paul Banks from Interpol and I was like, ah, I can't speak to you. <laughs> and then, um, you mean you were at the catering table, you weren't working as a caterer? No, no. Yeah. I was playing the festival with swimmers and, um, and yeah, I just saw him at, at, at catering and uh, I just went up to and me and Max, the other guitar player in Swimmers, we went up to him and we were just like, hi, we're huge fans. <laughs> we will leave you now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. All right, Jacob, thank you so much for talking today. I really appreciate it. And of course, yeah. Yeah. Good luck on the new project. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Pop Dust Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio. And check out the latest in pop culture, music, and entertainment at popdust.com. Mm-hmm.